Oh, man. Like I said, a little late tonight, but I did say we we're going to do it tonight. So, but National Signing Day, you really can't get too mad at what you've gotten if you're a family fan and if you're a family alumni. But y'all know we're going to do what we're going to do. And it's always going to be, it's going to be fangs up, baby. Yeah, baby, you know what time it is. Now let's get it started. While our HBCUs are mostly known for an academic rigor, community, they also know how to turn up. Does he have it? Yes, he does! And that might be the knockout punch. All right, greetings and salutations. Late episode of the Fangs Up podcast tonight. But, um, you know, we had to make sure we kind of dipped our toes in there a little bit. You know, talked about the most updated happenings. I'm going to see Fred tomorrow. So don't, don't, don't talk bad. Don't talk too bad about me. So, you know, see what Fred talking about with the Clippers. But, um, again, greetings and salutations. Hopefully you were feeling good. And, look, if, if you didn't notice – the number one recruiting class in the swag family. So, you know, as much as we kind of lament and talk about some of the different things that did and did not happen so far, Cozy's delivered. Just saying, and he's still out there on the grind. So we got a few more kids coming in. Uh, but before we look at that, look, the softball team dropped their schedule. And yeah, that, that's that's what I give you on that. <laughs> Family softballs dropped the schedule. First game's tomorrow, though. Like that was quick. So if you are a Family fan like me, that is pretty much all things Family. Yeah, you're kind of excited. So um, they do have that out there. We're gonna hold up on this. Uh, <laughs> Normally, I have it on the, uh, I got the, the big computer. Today, we're on a small computer just because it's a late show. So, but, um, but yeah, like, Famous Softball starts the season off with Texas Tech and Florida State's actually coming over. So, one of the benefits and one of the things we don't talk about with Famous Softball is that they actually host some big-name teams at FAMU. Like, it's not just other teams that are in the FBS football level or smaller schools, HBCUs, you get a lot of schools that are willing to come down to FAMU just avoid the weather up north. So they are getting a little bit of that. Texas Tech is coming all the way. And I believe they're doing a doubleheader tomorrow. So we're going to see about that. Look at how that turns out. FAMU track also got a little something that they've been working on. couple track players, all swag multi-times over. So this tells me if we're getting all swag this early in the season, probably have a good season. Like I, I could be honest or I could lie to you about this. Family track's probably going to have a pretty solid season, especially because another time where you're not only playing HBCUs, you're not only going against HBCUs, you're going against non-HBCUs that have larger budgets than you. So now can you start to build up this program? 
So you got the Windy City City invite that's coming, and they're gonna face the main logo you see is University of Wisconsin. But indoor track season continues, and hopefully we get a little bit of something out of that, a little more traction. Now we got some W's before we started talking about football. The women's basketball team went to Alabama State, got a win, and Coach Pressure. I'm telling you, she is. I liked her. Like you know, as much as we give AD Sykes grief about what happened with the football coaching search, she did pretty good. She did good with the basketball coach so far. Like she seems to know what she's getting or doing. When you're listening to Coach Gordon talk, if you go back and watch her show, and that thing sounds really exciting. And to kind of see like what she's trying to get done as a program, just saying. Is something that we definitely need more of. Like it's it's something that we want as a fan base. So also men's basketball took it out. Kind of is what it is. And at this point in the season, if you get mad about the men's basketball team losing games, I don't know what kind of fan you are. I just say you ain't a realist. What's up, Tamara T? Look, again, appreciate you riding out late. I'm not gonna keep y'all up too late because I know y'all stayed up late with Brian and them, and I went to sleep. <laughs> uh, working on a project right now so that's what pushed me back a little late today but y'all can start to see like men's basketball kind of is what it is but women's basketball quietly they might actually make the SWAC tournament like a first year coach that comes in and does what she's done that's crazy what's up Demetri? Good to see you. Look, appreciate y'all hanging in with a brother today. Again, sorry for the late show. Had a project that we're working on. We're finishing up. Got a few more weeks on the project. Then we're going to be done. Uh, <laughs> you're not wrong. Like, ugh. It's, it's, it's different. But the, the thing with men's basketball, and I did listen to the show, listen to Coach talk about what's going on. There are some injuries. When I heard that, I was like, so you're kind of already behind playing with less than a full roster. Yeah, it's over. <laughs> I mean, we can lie about this and we, you know, we can be real about it. This ain't going to be the season. Now, football-wise, man, National Signing Day was solid and it had a few surprises. Like, even some of the surprises on the website didn't show up. You go into the game, look, support the babies. Like that at this point, that's what we're here for. We just we love them in spite of, not because of. <laughs> like we love them because they're ratless. That's what we got. I will say, and this is the second year, fam, you has done this. Big shout out to whomever decided that they were gonna do National Signing Day stuff and post it online. Like I will say, you done good, ratless. You're done good. And hopefully, hopefully the laptop can handle this today. Um, if it can't, it can't. But this is the website that we got. And as you all can see, these are the pictures that they gave us.
There we go. So, look, told y'all the laptop couldn't handle it there. But, uh, Demetra, these are babies. We got to stand by them. Even when watching the games, makes my pressure go up. You're not wrong at all. So, yeah, I saw the audio went out for a second. So, I'll just, we'll talk about them. But, look, the first one was Austin Hooker. That was a surprise. Not going to lie. That's a big surprise. I don't want to know if I want to sell you on how big of a get it is, though. Six-foot quarterback, transferred from North Carolina A&T. But he got some pedigree. His brother is Hendon Hooker. Uh, dad played in the, you know, had some ball. Like I said, brother's playing in pros. The kid's got a little bit of pedigree to him. So what this really added, though, what's up, little baby? What this added for me, it's just as a fan, it gave us some depth. Like, now we had a quarterback battle. Like, I got four quarterbacks now. Granted, we already had four. But I got four quarterbacks that it, we, we, we got something to talk about. Like, you got Junior Martovic. You got Boney. You got Hooker. And you got the other quarterback, Daniel Richardson from FAU. All of them mobile. I think that's the, the best thing that I like about them. And, you know, again, for those that are y'all coming in, we're doing this on a laptop instead of a normal, uh, normal spot today. So my laptop ain't as powerful as my desktop. But I think that's the really cool thing. If you're a fan, you football fan, you got a quarterback battle and every quarterback's mobile. Some of your big complaints about Musa was he couldn't run. And you find out a little bit later, Musa could actually run. But he probably didn't run as much as you wanted him to. Let's see, little baby, what we sat here. Uh, he may not get much playing time this year, but I could see some development to where it looked. And the other thing with this, who's going to be that starter? Because him and Junior would technically be juniors. Just saying, throwing that out there. So you'd have two juniors, a senior quarterback, and a guy that's like a sophomore. A little bit of depth back there. Like, that, that's just, for me, I'm loving that. The next one was the running back room. And we got Rodney Hill, redshirt sophomore, transfer from Florida State. Um, I like it. And I got a question. Is it normal to have this many quarterbacks on a roster? Yeah. About four. Four to five. Um, is, is I think what happens with Ja'Cory Jordan? What happens with Fisher, Trey Fisher? Important questions. I would say four to five, yes. But six, that's a lot. So who's going to the transfer portal? I'm just going to put it out there and say it now. Somebody's probably going to transfer portal. And it'll be me. Y'all stuck with me as Rattler fan. Now, running back-wise, we pretty much see a running back hit the portal. So, Leland Malloy hits the portal. Not long after Rodney Hill comes in. Hill's a richer sophomore. And did we necessarily use Willoyd in the best way that we could have last year? I'm going to say no. Now, how much of that was like playbook, this, that, and the third? I can't speak to that. But what I can say is, man, that dude was explosive. And this is what, his second year in the system? 
would be kind of nice if we kept him. But just look at what you got. Jamie's running back room is four guys deep. So we're at four receivers, four running backs, excuse me, deep. Gantz coming back. Dean's coming back. Burke's coming back. Then you had Rodney Hill. That's a lot. One rock, four guys. Mm, tough sell. So we're going to see, though. You got that going. Now, receiver, it's been what it's been. Uh, and I told y'all before um, that the guy from the community college probably, yeah, it's probably a no. And right now, looking like he ain't going to be here. Um, but we did get two. AC on Cobb, told y'all about him. That guy's got a connection with Richardson. They both come from FAU. And then Amari Johnson, kind of small guy, going to remind you of Marcus Riley. Like, and Marcus Riley, don't forget, that dude was fast as Hades. Like, that brother could scoop. So, started looking and thinking, and I think this may not be the end of FAMU getting some receivers coming in, but also looking for receivers to step up. So, uh, the Colin guy, what I heard, uh, uh, he wasn't going to make it. The receiver. Now, the other guy, I don't know. Last I checked with that uh, defensive lineman, he's here, Montre Edwards. I don't know if he still is, but according to the website, he was there. But the receiver, yeah, no. Uh, I was told that a few weeks ago. So just wasn't my story to tell. Now, we also got a tight end, and because it's big, 6'7", and we kind of saw what happened last year when family kind of figured it out with the tight ends. And Jaden Evans, he can play tight end or defensive end. I think he sticks to tight end, especially because you didn't get Sage Ennis. Like, that was a huge loss. Just because I think Sage is more of a route runner than just a pure tight end. Sage, of course ends up choosing Virginia over FAMU largely because of just the confusion like of whatever the heck was going on. But all of a sudden you started to kind of look around and you realize, yo, this, this team right here, we've got players in some key positions that can make a lot of noise. Now, offensive line wise, FAMU's deep. Like four out of the five are coming back and then you sign another lineman. And we also had one come on as a preferred walk-on from Stetson. So, all right, Jeremy Fiskin, that's the freshman that we got, Marjorie Stone Douglas. Going to come in, look for him to be like a TJ Demons type guy. And I, I didn't get that for myself. I got that from Gerald from Tallahassee Democrat. We were on St. Clair Moraine's show, round one. I get the co-host on there. But you kind of got to see where this kid is another TJ Demons type guy that can play two, three positions. And I, and I loved it, post-celebration bowl. Where TJ was like, I told y'all, I told you I was going to get one of these rigs. So um, let me see. What you got here? Let's see. Hitman. Sage would have been a pro prospect with Coach Simmons playing call. You are correct. And you got that Clemson vibe. Sage really wanted to play, but we would come. You know, we would still come through. Which is why it's important to keep this team together. Look, you saying what everybody else is saying. Like, little baby, the street committee said the same thing. Like, what would have been? 
I don't know. I don't know. But I'm with you. Because I have the same sentiment. Like part of my question is, just as a fan, what could have been? Like, because we see where the defensive line, Montre Edwards signs, Richard Jr. And then we got breaking Harold. That dude, he hit man, you petty. Like, fam, you re-ups on the D-line. You also keep General Hunt. So for all intents and purposes, that D-line is like that. Again, like the defensive line is a problem. And we're probably going to add some more kids after some things open up. Look, I, 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 <laughs> I heard what you heard about that. And, yeah, I don't know if it's true or not. But at the same point, <laughs> that's what I was told. But I just, yeah, I know. If I hear it, I don't always say it for the masses. Now, if you you one of my friends and we talking, hey, when the babaco is flowing, we share. <laughs> but um, to make sure we don't get sued, we don't say nothing that you know we can't verify. But yeah, that's what the street committee said. Now linebacker, even though he's not on the website, this Derek McGee guy from Florida High. Look, I've been hearing that this dude's a steal. Like, I'm saying this guy from Florida High, running uh, linebacker, excuse me, man, the guy from Democrat, he was on there with St. Clair today. He was saying that dude is everywhere on the field. That boy do everything but sell popcorn. And that's pretty – if he can pick up the system, especially with you got Chaney in the transfer portal, this kid's got a chance to actually play. If he can pick up the system – and kind of fill in like that Isaiah Major type role where a guy that's not quite 6'3", 6'1", 6'2". I think Isaiah's like six foot. That kid is a monster. Look, little babies, you said, look, high schoolers we got, some of them ain't going to be here four years. If they, if they paying out, a lot of those kids ain't going to make it. They might get a family degree, but they won't finish playing football for Florida A&M University. Like, there's a good chance some of these kids transfer out. I'm just going to say it like that uh, because we got some high-caliber kids. And the kids that we rejected, they were good, but they just they weren't where we were at. Like, that that was the crazy part with that. And now the DB room, whew, that's going to be fun. Look, any idea OCDC? Probably internal hires. Um, I think Brian and Kelvin. Look, I told you I did go to sleep because I was working a project last night too. But um, they gave a hint. I, and I didn't even think about Doc Gamble as a potential hire as an OC. I don't know or not, but it would be interesting. Uh, but defensive coordinator-wise, I think it's going to be Patterson. Either that or Cozy tries to do both. Like, I think he's gonna do more of the Nick Saban model, because that's what I asked him about. Um, please don't start that already. If I the kids leave it early, look, y'all know me. I'm just gonna tell you the like a TST is the old man say. But um, 
that's pretty much the vibe he's given. Like, and I've been, I was on the call earlier this week and I talked to him before both times. He pretty much hinted at hiring internally, which it is what it is. That's his call, but that's what I got. Uh, I was too. D uh, Demetrius says I, I was looking forward to seeing Chaney this year. Me too. And I'm hoping he comes back. And we also see where, um, Another one of our DBs got in the portal, but we're gonna see, man. Uh, look, Doc Gamble as for QB coach, but I'd rather him replay uh, call plays and stay with Simmons system. I agree. And one of the things that um, oh, Doc needs to stick with special teams. Nah, I don't. I didn't think our special teams was special. I mm, I didn't like it. Uh, defensive backwise. Jameel Sanders, that's the DB from South Florida. And Demory Tate from Florida State. All of a sudden, FAMU might have the best secondary in the SWAC. Again, like, just, just saying. Like, just saying. Let's see. Uh, <laughs> that and not a camera shit in heaven. Look. Just, just call it what, what it is. Was the special teams good? I, mm, I beg to differ. I strongly remember Willie Simmons saying that that was a, was a spot on the field he was going to take over. I was there. <laughs> we were getting kicks blocked and everything else, remember? All right. Just saying. Special teams wasn't great. I think I think offensive coordinator might be back. Might be better for Gamble. Uh, now we did get an athlete, Jalen Neal, finally signs, kid from Georgia, and we got two kickers, Max Larson, kicker from, I believe Florida State, and Andrew Tisher, punter from Stetson. Which I told y'all last year, when it comes to me and Stetson, I'd be rating them for every good player they got. Cause I'm offering you something, something that you ain't getting on the same level of ball. They don't offer scholarships to Stetson. Game you offer scholarships. Just saying. Uh, first game, first game, second game, couple games. We were struggling. We were scuffling. Uh, so, just saying. It was the first game, USF game. I think after that, we had some kicks that were blocked, like. Kind of go back and look throughout the season. By the end of the season, it was better. But, mm, yes. Great question. Wasn't he the head coach slash OC at UAP, UAPB? He was. He was. So, now that quarterback they had last year at UAPB, I believe that was his guy. That kid looked kind of polished at times. But, again, that's kind of my question with this one here. Like, and I love the question of who are we bringing on? Who are we hiring? He's already stated his first thing he's looking for is somebody to run this football program. I'm looking for a person that's going to be filling in that Latroy Johnson role. That's first thing. He said, I'm tired of wearing this many hats, but he, as, as far as coaching staff wise, he, he did exactly what I figured he was going to do. He said, I'm going to be running the secondary. And I'm going to be the head coach, a la Nick Saban. And I even brought that up. I said, 
So that's kind of like the Nick Saban model. And he's like, hey, they're going to pay me like Nick Saban. I'm, go I'm good with it. <laughs> but really, that's what Nick Saban did at Alabama. Yeah, he was the head coach. He was also the secondary coach. He's over the DBs. So now you got somebody coming in that same idea. Same mindset of FAMU. So that where it's like, hey, kind of the CEO coach, but also making sure that the secondary is straight. And so now, and he mentioned he's going to be looking for that OC quarterback coach. That's one of his priorities. You know, is he necessarily looking for some of these other positions? Kind of looking to probably save some money in some places. Like if you're going to be, you know, be honest, keep it a buck. So it's going to be interesting in the times schedule is working against them because at this point you've kind of got what you're going to get through a lot of the transfer portal until some of the other stuff comes open. Oh, look, Dwayne, you said it best. What about someone to replace coach to bless? Uh, he did say he, he has somebody in mind to replace coach Riz. I don't remember if he said he's interviewed anyone. Um, if you really want to go back and double check, that is on the uh, interview from, I think that was yesterday. I think it was yesterday at, um, for us, it was 11. I don't know when y'all got it, but we, we did do the interview around 11. So yes, someone is up there to replace Riz, to try to replace Riz, and to replace Troy Johnson. He's also did state he was looking for a quarterback coach, which I think, if I remember correctly, he hinted at someone internal, which is most likely Doc Gamble, and then also office coordinator. So, which kind of hinted that that's either going to go to the current OC or someone else. So, um, where is that interview at? It should be on YouTube, actually, uh, through FAMU's um, the page, the Facebook, not Facebook, but actually they have the link on Facebook. They have the link on Twitter, but it's, it's on YouTube. So uh, you can go up there and you'll probably hear me at the end, but yes. So that is on social media for those who want to, who want to hear it. It's like a 30, 45 minute interview. And he does talk about recruiting stuff like that. He does get asked a couple of those questions. So it's going to be interesting to see though, because the next thing that he hinted at was spring practice opening up. And then after spring practice opening up, now you're looking at the spring game, which he started already starting to kind of promote that. And so the next phase and the next question is going to be for that is who's going to be there? Like, and how are you going to do this? Like, is this going to be a game where, you try to open it up more so for the community or is it going to be a game where you just, you know, just, just throw stuff on the wall and see what sticks. Like see if we can charge people like so. And sorry, I'm trying to multitask. This computer can't do both, but I can pull up on a cell phone. Um, but for me, that's just where I'm looking at it from. So, and I'll retweet it on the uh, FQ family Twitter page just for those who may have missed it, just so I don't be overly distracted. But it is on the socials for those who want to see it. Um, 
let's see. Yeah, it's pretty much on the family athletics. So, so, and I will say, and I'll give credit to Josh. One of the things he's done really well at is kept FAMU transparent as far as like what the programs are doing from the coaching part. Like, we still have the basketball coaches show, and you, you really got Coach Pressure talking. You got Coach McCullum talking. Even with Colsey, you start to see where Colsey's starting to do the smart thing. Like, hey, I'm the new coach. You're the person you said you wanted. Let me start working the circuit. And you're also seeing he's like step back a little bit. So it's one of these things where all of a sudden, some of the things that we suggested are coming to fruition. Like, we need to see James Colsey out there more. Tell us what you want. He's done that. Hey, I need this position. I need that position. Okay. All of a sudden now you flip that and you got the number one recruiting class. Let's follow that with a little bit of energy, coach. Like you already kind of got the ear of Rattler Nation. You've been the person that we say that we want and that the players say they want. Now take advantage of this. Keep visiting. You saw him in some churches last week. Lenitra Bennett dropped on her social media page where he was at her church talking, like start working that. Got to work that circuit now so you can raise those funds because one of the things A.D. Sykes did mention, she wants a coach that can raise funds. I feel some type of way about that, but that's just me. But at the same point, you, we do need you to do that. We need you to rebuild those connections. You need to be the guy. Like right now, James Colsey needs to be the guy that goes to the 220 club, the boosters. And I, unfortunately, I, I missed the booster being working on a project, but told you, man. <sighs> Got a few weeks left. But you, you're starting to see where all of a sudden, all the things that were kind of laid as a foundation can still be built upon. Like, are there things that need to be fixed? Yeah. But at the same point, you got to start from somewhere. And I love what Dwayne du asked. The, and the question is, let me make sure I got it right. When will she start raising funds? Good question. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to ask the counter to that question. Can she? Like, and I'm not saying... Some of y'all going to be like, I'm being misogynistic and I'm doubting the lady. I'm not saying that. What I'm saying is, is this a good time to do that? When you know where your supporters feel or are, as far as with what you are as a program, is this a good time for her to be in the forefront? Or is this a better time for her to push the coaches out there? And instead of having these coaches have fundraisers where they pretty much doing GoFundMe's. It, wouldn't it be better to have the coaches out there saying support the Rat Rattler Athletic Fund? Like, Hitman, you're not wrong. Hitman says she can. She got to ask as long as she waits, the worse it is. Is it though? Because some of y'all don't like her. Like, and I say y'all, like I said from word go. I've never had a problem with A.D. Sykes as a person. I did not like how this coaching hire was done. It was very frustrating. But at the same point, 
if she were at my door right now and knocked on the door and I opened it and be like, what are you doing here? I'd welcome her in. I had no liquor to offer, but hey, you want some lemonade? I got you. But I don't have a personal vendetta against the lady. I just didn't like how the coaching hire was done. And I, and I, you know what, Demetri? I love I love your point. Demetri points out she has to try. She needs to mend relationships with Rattler Nation and move forward. You're right. You are definitely right. And I think that's why I say for me, I'll put Colsey out there first. I'll put the softball coach out there, and I would probably put the baseball coach out there and the tennis coach. Everyone that has a SWAT championship, I would start sitting them out there. I'd probably be with them, but I'd let them do most of the talking. And I would slowly become an AD who's more somebody that's working behind the scenes. I'm pulling puppet strings. Y'all are the puppets. Put on a show, bring back money. I fund the program. I think that's probably the best way to go that. Um, because right now, some of y'all don't like her. Um, and I, Dwayne said, I would like to see her in the boardrooms and some of these corporations talking CEOs. You're not wrong. I, I like that too. I love that idea. And I, I love that. I don't want that for her. Like, and I don't want anybody to be like, man, you know, you, you don't like her. I told y'all nothing against the lady. I just need, I just want to see a little different. Uh, I'm still trying to give her to exactly. That's where I'm at because I understand her job is an easy task, but at the same point in time, excuse me, she signed up for the job. So she needs to perform. I agree. And then Ashley, she needs to come back with a corporate check. Everyone needs up. You ain't wrong. Look, let her bring $100,000 to FAMU. We will be okay. <laughs> I don't think that's a personality, though. I don't know. Hmm. I don't know. I don't know her well enough to say that. I'll say that. When I've met her, she's been genuine. I'll say that. In person, I like 86. Um, one-to-one. Now, some other stuff. I don't know. I got to see. <laughs> Hitman's pity. She got to be a big girl about this one. The original. <laughs> nah, you did that, bro. <laughs> but real talk, you kind of got to wear some of this. And I think some of the articles Gerald wrote is about this. It's the growth. It's that, what did you learn your first year at FAMU? What did you learn from dealing with Rattler Nation? because we're fickle people. We are. We are temperamental. We don't like losing. And if you're not losing, good. But if you're not winning, bad. Keep it simple. We'll give you a little grace. But at the same point, Coach Pressure has got grace. Coach McCullum doesn't. Two coaches coaching the same sport, but completely different outcomes and different expectations. The girls have a better record than the women, have a better record than the men right now by one game, but completely different mindsets and outcomes based on the fan base. FAMU fans, you ask us, hey, what you think about the men's basketball team? Man, bro, come on, man, they suck. what you think about the women's basketball? Man, they all right. They, they, they ain't doing bad, they doing pretty good this year. There's a one game difference. 
but one game <laughs> makes all the difference in our outlook. You got a coach who's been there for a while, who's established, versus a coach who's first-year coach, never been a head coach before. She's coached before, but never been the head coach. And looks decent. Like, I'm just saying. The question is, I hope she learned that the people that care, support, and they matter. That's the biggest thing. Big facts. Let's see. Are you sure it's just one game? Yeah. Uh, the boys are like four wins and the girls at five. Yeah. So crazy. Um, oof. You're not wrong about that. I won't say it's not about gender, but we'll leave it there because uh, I'm not trying to get sued and I'm not a fully certified member of the street committee. Not on my podcast. <laughs> now you catch me in the streets. Hey, street live. <laughs> but um, no, nah, real talk, man. Like we kind of seeing where it is, man. Um, we, we just kind of finished the football season. We finished recruiting. Now we got to add a few more players, add a few more pieces. We still got some holes, but we got some big additions too. And some returning players. And if you can get some of the right coaches, I don't want to say keep the train rolling, but we can continue to have success. And I think that's what makes FAMU so different from a lot of the other schools in the SWAC. Whereas our ability to not just retain talent, but to galvanize our alumni base, alumni base. I only think there's really three schools in the SWAC that can truly galvanize their alumni the way fame you can. That's Southern and Jackson State. I would put Alabama State in there too. I ain't gonna lie. I kind of miss them. But we never think about them like that. But just saying. Yeah. Uh, and I see. There we go. Men are two and seven in conference play, women are four and five in conference plays, but it's how the men have lost. Exactly. That's the big difference. I think one of the, the, the things with when you're looking at family men's basketball, it's not just how they've lost, it's that they're not following the formulas of success. Like one of the things that when we're looking at family athletics in any athletic program. We, we got to realize there's a certain way to, that you win in anything. I don't care if it's sports, business, unless you're truly a um, transcendent individual, groundbreaking person, there's a formula and a way to win. For instance, we see in football with the whole Nick Saban tree, there's a way to win. The CEO coach, who is able to kind of delegate responsibilities, but also have his pulse on one position tends to be the method. When you have a coach that's trying to do both things, Willie Simmons was an anomaly to be the head coach, quarterback coach, and offensive coordinator. That's not normal anymore. You normally have an offensive coordinator, and then the head coach is kind of there. 
Like, or he may have one position, but to have three hats, that's unconventional. That's not the norm anymore. So with family basketball, there's a method to the madness. Like, and what Dwayne says, one of these quarterbacks, uh, one of his QBs hit it. Yeah, exactly. Uh, will the fan face let her have her own men's basketball coaching choice? Yeah, nobody cares. <laughs> you saw we do women's basketball. I mean, I mean, respectfully, she picked someone with no head coaching experience, but she had a gold mine. Like, I, again, I've said it time and time again with her and coach pressure, it turned out to be a great hire, even though that was not a person I saw coming, not a person I suggested. Hey, A.D. Sykes did a great job on this, on that one. Uh, with the basketball coaching hire, I think she has an idea she wants. But will she be allowed to do it? Mm. I think the best way for her to do that, play the game. Like, play the game the way you didn't play it before. Like, just saying. <laughs> Anyone should be allowed a chance to coach them in. I mean, at this point, kind of is what it is. Uh, <laughs> look. Little baby said she could put a Pez dispenser on the court. Nobody would care. You're not wrong. I mean, at this point, the results are the results. But I think the right way that you handle this program, and again, going back to some of the backlash with family basketball is you're not following the method of success. The method of success is having an elite guard or a lead guard. That's the method of success that You've seen Liv point out in her, in her space. And when you look at FAMU, it was the way that we had success before. Whatever the heck we're doing now, it ain't working. And at, at a certain point, Demetri says, it needs to be a change of culture for men's basketball. It does. I, I Personally, I like McCullum as a guy. Again, another person, as a person, no issues. But it doesn't seem like whatever we're doing is resonating and sinking in. It seems like in the long term, we need to probably find someone a little younger. Like, and I, I'll say it like this. I think a great potential hire just as personality. Now you're going to have to put some money in the program to like support this kind of guy. See why at Missouri, great first time hire, who's played international, coached at Florida State, coaches at Missouri. I think that's a great hire. If somebody, if he wants to be a, you know, first-time head coach at FAMU. Again, when it comes to FAMU, a lot of times I don't love us being the school where we're offering people, you know, first-time coaching hires. But you got somebody who's been there, been to the NCAA tournament, I don't think it's a terrible hire, but I really do love the idea of getting somebody who's at a smaller school, maybe Langston, and bringing them up, having them do what they do to FAMU, keep moving. That's just me. Like, look, the guards got to be throwing up shots. You really do. Like, as a FAMU basketball fan, the way that you're going to get us to go to the games is through good guard play. We need something exciting, 
something engaging. Because if you ain't got that, we ain't showing up. We're not going to sit there and watch pure defensive basketball. That's really what we have now. We have very defensive basketball. It's not very in- engaging. It's not very exciting. It's just kind of boring. You got a big man that you're not quite using properly. Like, it's a lot of WTF with this basketball program. You got to change that. And I think in the next coach, she's hopefully looks for somebody like that. But, yeah, man, it, it would definitely be something. Let's say drop. Okay. Let's drop that in the chat, man. That's what's up. Okay. But, um, yeah, send that, send that, send that, man. But um, I, that's that's just where I'm at with it. So, long story short, to answer your question and help us all get to bed at a decent hour, because it's hit 11. I think our next coaching search, I think she's got to placate the stakeholders, get somebody from each one of those boards, ask their opinion. They don't know what the hell they're talking about at this point. It's cool. A lot of them don't. But then surround yourself with some basketball minds. Surround yourselves with people like Mr. Lamb, former basketball coach. His son sits on the board of trustees. Like, get some basketball minds that can look over and say, this is what works, this is what doesn't work, <laughs> and go from there. Get some people who are successful there. You can even go as far as getting a search firm. But get some basketball minds to people who know what's up and ask them what's going on. <laughs> Don't call Rod Broadway. But in this case, get 10 people. Bring those 10 people. Have them have proven records. Have one or two that have ties to FAMU. That shouldn't mean anything, especially in the hiring of a basketball coach. Because last FAMU basketball coach or coach that had ties to FAMU basketball that had any success, I'll wait. You give me a name. And then go from there. Pick your 10. Then all of a sudden, and I wouldn't necessarily use a search firm, just save money, but you could if you want to. But get your stakeholders, make them feel valued, and then make your decision. Because either way, when you came into this, you already knew you was going to pick who you wanted to pick. But make sure your person gets in there, make sure you got some money to pay them, and play the game. That's it. It's really simple. Don't come up here and give us three choices that you made by yourself. You, you see that doesn't work. Give us 10 choices. Take it to your stakeholders say i'm gonna ask y'all for some money to help pay for this and then keep it moving and then once you finish you pick your one or two you listen to their opinions that's the new basketball coach that to me is the way that's what you learn from this football situation pick who the stakeholders want because in the at the end of the day with, with a football job that's what you did anyway because it didn't work. Like, and look, play the game because these stakeholders aren't, aren't playing. And we only have two sports that make any money. 
and basketball is sucking air. So you're literally fully dependent on this football team to get you any kind of money and help you really, truly get close to balancing this budget, not necessarily balance it. So it's going to be interesting to see, though, y'all. Look, it is intolerably late. And so I must definitely apologize and say thank you for all y'all who stuck it out tonight. Um, Look, we're going to be back here Sunday unless my plans get changed. (laughs) Again, we're working on a little project. So we'll announce it in a few weeks um, when everything comes to fruition and where we are and what we're doing with this and, you know, what our results are. So, but for HBCU Digital Network, Herb Sue and the Black Techies, look, we're going to be back here. We're going to talk about this opening softball game, look into uh, baseball. And now that we kind of got an idea what this roster looks like, we're going to start kind of looking at some of these position battles, especially after that next transfer window opens up. So uh, with the Super Bowl, You know what? Good call. I'll see y'all Thursday. <laughs> I'm going to sleep and I'm going to be on the grill. Um, so I'll see y'all Thursday. So that way y'all can enjoy the Super Bowl, Super Bowl party, all that. So Thursday, um, I think Thursday. Let me make sure. Yeah, Thursday. This Thursday, we're good. Next Thursday, I got a project event that day. But uh, this Thursday, we'll see y'all. Enjoy the Super Bowl. Put who you got in the chat. Who you got? You got 49ers or do you got Chiefs? So for me, ah, okay, my brother-in-law is a Chiefs fan. So I'm going to say it like this. And I do know Rod kind of be watching every once in a while. Rod, I am cheering for the Chiefs. But I got the 49ers. I think they're a better team. Um, but while I'm over here, once I'm done flipping burgers and flipping steaks and flipping wings, um, I'm definitely going to be pulling for the uh, <laughs> for Kansas City to win. But I got 49ers. I got the 49ers. Look, who, who y'all, what y'all say in the chat? Let's see. KC for Dwayne. Okay. Ashley says 49ers. Me, myself, and I for little baby. <laughs> But yeah, I hope my homie goes off, but I just, I feel like the 49ers are going to win. I don't know why. I got them, though. But um, look, we'll see y'all next Thursday. So we're going to get some studying in, make sure our project is done right. And uh, for HBCU Digital Network, Herb Sword and Black Techies, it's always going to be thanks up. Yeah, baby, you know what time it is. Now let's get it started. While our HBCUs are mostly known for academic rigor, community, they also know how to turn up. Dorothy, have